My name, my is, name Scott Chaloner. is Scott Chaloner. You are listening, you are listening to, to the Leaders, Council, Leaders Council, podcast Council podcast for the people, for the people who, run the who run the country and the people, and the people who keep the country, the country running. running. As regular As listeners, listeners of our program, of our program will know very well, part of our mission, our mission here at the Leaders, Leaders Council, Council is to bring, is to bring you a variety, a variety of distinctive perspectives on leadership. And in this today, we're joined on the program by Scott Cowley, founder of Sales Mastermind, a community for founders of software service providers to grow their sales. Scott is also is also the vice president, president of sales, of sales at Customify, a customer success platform that is designed, designed for B2B software as a software service businesses. Scott, um, warm Scott, welcome, warm to, welcome today. to you and today. Uh, and joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure, real pleasure having, you with, having you with us. Thank you very much, Scott. Absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure having, yeah, pleasure you, having you alongside me as well. Me as well. And, um, and just um, for those just listeners, for those tuning, listeners in, tuning in that might not be familiar with yourself and the business that you're involved with, I've obviously given a very brief, brief overview of sort of what it is that you do, but in your own words, in your own what is it that the sales mastermind and customer service specialise in? Yeah, for sure. So the sales mastermind came out of my own. I was a sales guy. I knew how to build sales processes, and I was a startup guy, and I went, okay. There's got to be a market here. Um, so I finally settled on uh, the moniker is it's for founders who sell but aren't salespeople. Um, and there's a lot of those out there. Um, it works with a lot of uh, SaaS businesses, a lot of agencies. Um, there's some cutoffs around uh, turnover and revenue. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely higher quality in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the kind of free Facebook or LinkedIn or like communities out there. Um, and it's, it's really designed for, as I said, uh, taking me a long time to come up with that, a tagline that simple, but, uh, founders who sell, but aren't salespeople. Yeah. Um, yeah. on the flip side, Customify is, uh, a very much actually was one of the sales, not sales masterminds first customers actually way, way back when we started. Um, and yeah, just over time, uh, it, it evolved. Uh, so it evolved into a point where uh, the, the founder there actually asked me to step in um, in a more full-time capacity. I've done kind of consulting on and off there uh, while still running the community. Um, and what we do is we work with leaders in the customer success space. So basically, when you've got a software as a service business, you've got a lot of data, you've got a lot of customers, they're expecting you to help them even when they don't necessarily even know if they need your help. Uh, but crunching all that data, working out who of the 100 customers that you're supposed to be supporting today actually needs your help, that's quite hard to do. Um, and it's quite hard to scale that sort of organization from one or two people. So we provide a tool that, uh, that basically takes over everything after a sale has been completed to make sure you're able to service your customers, um, reach out to them proactively instead of waiting for them to reach out, and also mitigate uh, this concept within in the software as a service world called churn, where people basically drop off uh, and they don't necessarily stop paying you straight away, uh, but they stop using your service and a couple of months mm-hmm. later or when it comes time to renewal, they stop paying you um, and that kills SaaS businesses. So that's kind of the, the, the two businesses that I'm involved in. Yep, certainly makes yep, sense. Certainly from makes my sense. Perspective, perspective, perspective. Certainly, like certainly that like sort of idea of helping, of helping sort of people sort of that sell that are that are necessarily sales. That's just a reminder, isn't it? Kind of even in even in sort of leadership running our own business, selling something, selling something. There is a product, there is a product as a service. We might not necessarily have the skills to sell our product. So it just shows the importance of surrounding yourself with the right with the right people, complementing your skill set. Because even when you're running a business, the skill set is going to be all encompassing, is it? That just proves it. 
Yeah, it's kind of the reason I think that tagline resonates so much with people is because most people don't actually necessarily have the skill of leadership. It mm. really is. And, and I mean, in my context, specifically sales, but in the, in the context of this podcast, leadership, it is a skill unto itself. It is distinct from management, which is another skill a lot of people have to learn. But mm-hmm. what I've found is a lot of people start businesses either because they see a gap in the market that they are just sick of not being filled, um, or potentially there are, and a lot of my friends and a lot of my clients fall in this category, they are completely unemployable. Uh, just through their their own personality, their own uh, methodologies. So they have to start their own business. But that doesn't necessarily mean they know how to sell. Yet, if they're not selling, uh, they're probably not going to be able to pay rent or pay the mortgage or put food on the table. So this is a skill they have to learn. And and I think it goes also to the paradox of kind of management leadership and and, and sales as well. They're similarly uh, interchangeable in this context. Because the paradox being... Especially in the sales context, people think a good salesperson is someone who can talk, someone who can get up in front of people, sell ice to the Eskimos, um, mm, and that's mm. just not true. Maybe that was true back in the day. Maybe that works for um, someone kind of going door to door that they need to be able to talk and have a good spiel. But as soon as you get into any sort of complexity in the product, as soon as you get into a point where the actual customer needs to be able to do things, any sort of decent size, sale uh it's actually more about listening it's the exact opposite of what you'd expect it's more about listening it's about building a process it's about continuing momentum and so many of those things are just not what people expect Mm -hmm. because we don't know when we've had an amazing sales experience uh beyond that was really good but i don't know why i don't know how i don't know the, the the methodology behind it um and that's kind of what we go into it's it's knocking kind of that, that idea of you're a buyer trying to sell. Well, no, you need to be looking at this the other way. You're a seller who needs to serve the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you do that is by listening, by asking the right question. If I, they say everyone's got a good book in them. Um, if I ever write one, it'll be on asking questions. It really annoys me, especially in the sales context. How many people just jump in and assume they understand what the other person's looking for? Mm, and let's mm. be honest, kind of fifty percent of the time, maybe sixty percent of the time, they do. But the other kind of forty to fifty percent of the time, you're just losing someone who really wanted to talk to you because you're making assumptions instead of asking questions. And this is this is again that that paradox um, of sales that most people think it's about talking, um, and really it's not. It's about listening and asking the right questions and, and actually talking less. There's, there's a lot of research into sales that most founders don't know about around uh, the best salespeople early in a sales conversation uh, actually talk only about 40, 35% of the time. Um, later in the sales conversation, maybe it's just this time, six time, you're doing more presentations. That's a bit different. Um, but the research coming out of Dong is really interesting around talk less, mm, ask more mm. questions, uh, and you'll close more deals. 
I sort of, I sort I, of, I guess it sort I of goes, goes sort back, of goes to, back the to the idea, idea that, especially if you're offering, if you're offering a service, you can't simply you can't assume that what you are offering is one size fits all. You've essentially got to ask the questions in order to be able to tailor it to the client that you're selling your service to. You've got to make sure that it's actually helping them and exactly exactly what they need. If you're simply assuming that I know what you want, I suppose as a certain coming entrepreneur who's deals successful, that's Huge red, flag. huge red flag. Yeah, even even what you've just gone through there is, I, I think you're on the mark. Um, I think I'd probably challenge a few parts of that because one of the things I've seen that is a difference between companies that grow really quickly that uh, that are able to become actual businesses mm. Um, mm. as opposed to well-paid jobs for the founder one of the differences is you need to be able to balance what you've just described of what does the market want from me? Uh, as opposed to the, the other side of that is what do I know the market's not ready for, mm. but I know that it needs. And there's um, the great podcast I listened to that, that, that I've warmed to over the years. Uh, I think it's called the modern wisdom podcast by a, a guy named uh, Chris Williamson. And he he talks about it's taken him a long time to get to the half a million followers, but he kind of embodies that. He, he decided early days, we're running up in four and a half years. He decided early days, this is the, the podcast that the world needs. This is the podcast that I can do best. And he didn't follow what the market uh, was asking him to do because mm-hmm. he wanted to build a long-term sustainable business. Um, Whereas there, there is definitely a way to get to a very high-paid job um, in, in the methodology of, of just follow what the market tells you to do. You still have to, if you want to build a really, really sustainable business in the long run, you have to also challenge the market a little bit. And, and that walking that fine line, it's a real tightrope because if you go too far either way, um, you can end up with a very well-paid job that is... I mean, I even had this happen. Uh, I remember sitting on a plane when the sales masterminds first got started, sitting on a plane about to fly to Morocco, and it was going to be the first time in about a year since I wouldn't be on my phone for about three or four hours. And I was worried that everything was just going to fall apart. Um, and even my girlfriend, now now fiance, basically turned around and said, yeah, you need to fix this. This isn't working. Because I was so stressed and wanted things to be on call all the time. And I, I wasn't walking that fine line. I was very much on creating a job for myself. Um, and I basically had to say, okay, this doesn't scale. I am serving the market that I'm talking to, but I'm not serving myself in the long run. Um, so I had to look at, okay, what can I do here? How can I take this, this service that people like, there's a community behind it, there's some coaching involved, um, there's consulting on the side I do um, as well. Um, which of those should I double down on? Which of those should I focus on? Which of those mm-hmm. is going to bring the most value long-term? I still don't think I've worked it out, um, but I can guarantee I can get on a plane now and spend three hours not answering my phone um, and not kind of stressing out about that. And that was... That was tough to have to learn. 
It is always it is difficult, always lesson, difficult lesson, lesson, isn't it? Trying to get the balance, balance right in that right sense. And I've had a and lot, had a lot of, sort of entrepreneurs coming on to this programme who may have struggled at some point with the work-life balance, a bit overwhelming, a bit of burnout there because they are sort of doing too much. Sort of taking that step back, as and when you need to, it can be difficult psychologically to be able to do, but in the long run, of course, it is the best thing, because we have to prioritise our own well-being as leaders. We can't do everything. Yeah, and there's there's kind of a, a leader I followed. Um, I'm originally from Australia, and, and this guy, his name's Jack DeLosa. He's, um, he's an interesting guy. He, he kind of, the first time I met him, uh, he was up on stage and he talked about the best way, talking about charity, and the, the best way to serve the poor is to not be one of them. Um, and then you can actually give back. And I think I think that message kind of applies beyond that. The best way to serve society is, as a leader is you need to be healthy, both like physically and mentally, so you can actually sit down with your team and you can lead them. And, and the best way to be service of the business is to not be too overwhelmed. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to go through periods of time when it really is all guns blazing. Um, at Customify, we are in one of those periods right now uh, because we're hiring, we're redesigning our sales org, we're redesigning our sales process. We are definitely in one of those sprints. Um, but I can also see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, and being able to see, okay, I'm going to be able to do this for maybe six months, maybe four months is a more reasonable amount of time. I can't do this for seven, eight, 12 months in a row. Um, so being able to, again, it's, it's that balance, um, especially when you run your own business. It really is at the beginning, yeah. there yeah. is no work-life balance. There's, there's balance if you're willing to cancel it all and go get a job. Uh, and then maybe a year later, maybe two years later, maybe however many years it is, you will be able to get to a balance uh, if, if you prioritize it. Um, but you do have to balance up when you're going to have balance. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That makes because sense. Because we hear a lot, we don't we, in those early days when you start a business, you do have to put in hard graph, you do have to endure the sleep your nights until you get to a point where the balance can essentially establish itself. And I suppose going back to the beginning is kind of what I want to do next, got to back because you mentioned earlier on that you've encountered a lot of people in your career who perhaps have not had the personality to not be their own boss. And that's something as well that has happened a lot in terms we've had on this particular program, some entrepreneurs have come on and admitted quite openly that I couldn't have a boss, I mean, it's like I need to go and run my own business. So just kind of taking that, I was interested to kind of delve a little bit more into sort of your story and what really motivated you to go into business for yourself. Yeah, it's a good question. I... I always knew I would start my own business. Um, I think it comes from the fact that growing up, my father started as an accountant, um, and we we weren't poor by any stretch of the imagination, but we we weren't wealthy either. So I think I'm probably I was better off than, than most people who tell that story. Um, but I remember the first time I ever went. I'm originally from Australia, um, and 
a lot of us do have that that wanderlust, want to get out of Australia, um, at least for, for holidays. But the first time we ever went overseas, from what I understand, we as a family couldn't actually afford that. And my, my grandfather chipped in and basically paid for most of that trip. Um, and I think that led to my, my father basically saying, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be able to provide for my family the life that, that they want without running my own business. So he, he ended up leaving his pretty secure job working for, for one of the wealthiest men in Australia um, and bought a, a franchise um, system and ended up starting his own kind of business coaching business and he, he still runs it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that definitely was a shift. Uh, and, and so I was very lucky that I used to go to a lot of the, the kind of wealth generation seminars as a 15-year-old, as a 14-year-old. So I knew at some point I would always start my own business. I think in the same way, a lot of people just expect at some point they're going to have kids, at some point they're going to own their own house, uh, but they don't necessarily know when. For me, I was always going to start my own business. I, The first real business I tried was uh, I, I heard about this thing called ghost writing. Um, and I, I had a bit of savings from my job working at McDonald's and I paid a guy to write a book for me that was terrible. Like, I, I paid a guy in Pakistan to do the copywriting. The guy who wrote the book was in the US. It cost almost nothing. Um, I used this random web posting. And um, yeah, I, I, I sold two copies, uh, one to my dad uh, and one to a girl that I was going to university with at the time. And then I went, oh, this, this business thing is a little bit harder than I thought. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of stopped and traveled the world and then got a job and ended up moving to the UK with that job. Uh, and then that imploded spectacularly. Uh, I, I've, I've pretty much been fired from every job I've ever had, um, but only once formally been fired. Every other time it's been a, the writing's on the wall, would you like to resign or do you want to go through the process of being fired? Um, and then, yeah, I basically said, well, now's as good a time as any. Uh, one of my best mates is definitely the unemployable kind. Uh, he cannot, he just can't. Um, and he now runs a, a similar-ish community to the sales mastermind um, and also has a, an agency on the side um, doing gangbusters. Um, and he kind of pushed me to say, look, you know a lot about the sales thing. You know a lot of people in, in the software world why don't you just try it? Um, and quite literally, this business started in a Weatherspoons on a Sunday morning, hungover as anything. I put a post up on Facebook saying, I'm thinking of building a community like this. Who wants to be part of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it kind of cascaded from there. It's absolutely it's amazing, absolutely amazing isn't, it? What isn't it? What business can, business can really grow really out, grow out, of, spring out, 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 It's, um, if I, if I was to say one thing, it's, pro- I, I, 
I've got two, and I don't know which to choose. Let's go both. Let's go both. Let's go both. And they can switch as well. Um, so the first thing would be is find one person to pay you. Because if you can find one person oh, and, and that doesn't know you, because as you saw before, my, my dad will just, if I publish a terrible ebook, he'll buy it because he's my dad. But if you can find one person who you've never met before um, who's willing to pay for your service, and, and maybe you don't actually sell it to them. Maybe you don't actually let them buy it because it's not what you actually want to build, but find someone who is willing and is even at that point where they'll basically just put their credit card in and say, yes, I need this in my life. Um, the, the other side that's kind of conflicting is if I were to do it again, and I don't know if you should do this as a first-time founder, first-time entrepreneur, I don't know if this is the best idea, and maybe the, the other idea of find one, because if you can find one, you can find two. If you can find two, you can find ten. And that proves the idea actually has merit. Um, but definitely, if I was to start again, I would build some sort of audience. So I have I have a very small uh, email list that I've built up that I'm not actually doing anything with. Um, but I know that if I had a, if I send that email list a couple of emails, I could probably turn that into a consulting gig in three to six weeks. Um, so building an audience of any kind. Um, and one of, one of the people who helped me on my journey actually did this. He, uh, he built an email list of personal trainers. Um, and then a few years later, forgot he had the email list and, uh, and went, I'm going to start this nutrition supplement business um, and reached out to all of them to be remembered by that stage. Uh, I believe he decided to start the business before he remembered he had the email list. Um, and there's only 200 people on it. So I'm not talking about a huge audience. You don't need to build a YouTube channel of a million people, but build any sort of audience who is genuinely interested in, in the niche that you're going to go after and niche down as much as you can. And if you get 200 people, if you even get 50 people to sign up to something, it can be a Facebook group. It can be uh, an email list. It can be 50 people listening to your podcast. It, it doesn't really matter what the audience is. But if you can get 50 people, 100 people, if you can get 10,000 even better, and that takes a lot of time, once you've got that list, you've now got people who you can actually start asking, what, what do you want? What are you looking for? What are the pains you struggle with? Um, and I know those two kind of conflict because I said in the first one, find one who'll pay you. And the second idea is find, find 50 who are interested. Um, but you can probably do them at the same time. And, and if I was to start again, uh, I would definitely do both of those at the same time. Try and find one, but at the same time be building some sort of audience, some sort of community, some sort of, uh, maybe as I said, maybe it's a YouTube channel. Um, maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's an email list. The, the ability to do all of these is, it's really easy to start all of these and get to five, 10, 50 subscribers. Uh, it's really hard to build any sort of business when no one's ever heard of you and all you're doing to win the business is pick up the phone and cold call, especially if you've never done, done cold calling before. Um, so try and at least to get started, build yourself some sort of audience um, and one person who's willing to pay you, even if you don't sell it to them. 
even if it's just they're willing to give you 50 bucks or they're willing to give you a thousand pounds or whatever it is those are kind of there's two pieces of information there yeah, plenty of yeah, food, plenty for, food for, for anybody, for anybody who's going to, to start a business. Start a business. And, uh, like I say, you like mean, I say, there, are you mean there are plenty of pearls of wisdom, wisdom that do often come up on this program. If you are a business, you are a business out there, you're 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 out there, Talked about, talked about sort of the, the story uh, the story behind the sales line. I think it's only right that we address, address the future, future of the business, of the business as, well. as well. So, so given the given sort of the sort of climate, 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 we look ahead, we look ahead, say, say to the end of twenty twenty three. What are some of your sort of key milestones and priorities going to be for this upcoming year? Do you feel? I really should have thought about this before the end of twenty twenty two, haven't I? Um. Sales mastermind. Look, if I if I project out probably more than a year, long term, I I want that to eventually become the, the hub for early stage founders who've gotten over the first couple of hurdles. So it's really grow the community, get more people involved, turn that into actual education, um, turn that into accessible education. I I do want to say I don't. Uh, I don't particularly enjoy and I don't think I'm very good for someone who just got started yesterday um, because our community is really about that person who's already been through the first few hurdles. Mm, they've mm. already sold to a couple of people or, or they've already got a little bit of revenue coming in and now they're going, okay, what next? Um, that's where I'm good. I'm not great at right at the beginning. Our community is not great for right at the beginning. I also think there's more than enough people serving that niche. So where that, after you've got a few runs on the board, how do I make this into an actual business? So if I project out to, to 2023, um, it really is kind of how do I get that content funnel serving the right people so that the right people want to join the community and the wrong people who are either too early um, or this is just not, they're not actually selling something. Um, they should be doing uh, marketing-led uh, revenue growth, not sales-led. Um, I want the wrong people to be opting out, and I want the right people to be opting in more. Um, that's, that's something that we've, we've definitely struggled with because we do have that niche. Um, if I can get that content funnel nailed by the end of 2023, uh, then it would be time to start scaling up. Um, I could probably do it a little bit earlier than then, but um, but yeah, as I said, Tustify is currently in a a sprint mode, uh, which means the sales mastermind. I keep doing the regular activities, but I don't overinvest in uh, in new things. Um, when Tustify finishes, I'll take a, a month or two of non-sprint mode on either business, and then I'll probably jump into sprint mode in the in the sales mastermind. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Again, just about getting that balance right between the two, isn't it? And I certainly do wish you all the world has gone really immediately establishing that balance over the course of the next 12 months. And who knows as we start how the business sort of transition. I mean, it would be great to perhaps catch up in the next year or so and see how it's all coming together for you. Yeah, for sure. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure coming and joining you here. And 
I've enjoyed this chat and uh, I, I hope uh, the people listening got something out of it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, so certainly. I do hope everybody, everybody, everybody thoroughly enjoyed hearing enjoy from our guests today. Scott Cowley from the Sales from the Mastermind and Cast Plenty of food thought there if you are a young entrepreneur looking to start your own business. Your own business. Um, Scott um, is active, Scott on, active on, LinkedIn on LinkedIn. And, uh, and, uh, what would be the best port be to call Scott to go and look at your businesses for people who are interested in them? I suppose you do have a website? Yeah, I do. But I think if you're interested, they're both on my LinkedIn profile. So it's www.linkedin.com slash I think you slash Scott Cowley AU because I'm originally Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you go there, you'll be able to see both of them. Uh, TSM is listed uh, and Customify has its website. You can go and uh, and if you want to join that, that email list uh, for founders who sell but aren't salespeople, there's a, there's a link on there that'll give you the top five mistakes that, uh, that founders who sell but aren't salespeople are making. Um, you're able to download that PDF, have a look through. Um, if you're interested in, in reaching out, I am very active on LinkedIn, as, as you said. So drop me a message on there. I, I let anyone uh, email me for free. So feel free to come come and say hi. Um, let me know you uh, you enjoyed the chat, and I'm happy to answer follow-up questions or, or help out where I can. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. fantastic. And if you did want to leave a comment, leave a with, comment us here, with us here at the Leaders Council about how much you've enjoyed this episode, Leaders Council or OneWord.co forward slash forward slash contact us is also very good for us, of course. And I do hope that everybody is thoroughly and thoroughly enjoying today's interview. I've been your host, as always, Scott on today's episode of the Leaders Council podcast. Everybody, please do take care and goodbye. Until next time.